0: Be this short. We had three. We will uh, get longer passages here very shortly. And in fact, as we look at this one, we're going to look at some verses before and and after this this passage that we have. But uh, just to set this up, uh, Jonah was supposed to go to Nineveh. God said, "Arise, go to Nineveh and call out against it." And Jonah didn't want to do that he doesn't want Nineveh to repent and he says you want me to go east I'm going to go west and so uh, he runs off and and uh, gets on a boat he's he's going to just get away he's trying to flee from the presence of that we uh, we notice that God never really gave Jonah a reason for going and calling out against Nineveh and how uh, God will give us commands and and sometimes we don't have reasons. And the temptation for us, if we don't have a reason, is to say, well, there must not be one. But God has his reasons. And so Jonah, uh, he doesn't want to go to Nineveh. He's going the other way. And now we will see in this passage how how God responds to what Jonah did on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship threatened to break up. of the lord let's pray heavenly father we thank you for your word and we ask that as we look into it you will motivate us that you will speak your truth into our hearts and that we may be strengthened by your truth we pray this in jesus name amen i remember back in uh school high school i was uh, i believe it was algebra i was taking some mathematics course and and math was never my strong suit. I've uh, shared that many times, but, uh, but it was algebra. And uh, at the end of the, the chapter of every, you know, in this textbook every uh, chapter, there were some problems that you were to figure out just to make sure you knew what that chapter was all about. And, and so early in the year I did that, I would you know try to work through the problem. And then I thought, I don't know if that's right. So I worked through it again, and I got a different answer. And they, you know, it wasn't much. There's was like maybe five to 10 questions that you try to figure it out. And one of the, the uh, problems, I had three different answers. and I didn't know which one was right. And I would go through, and, and I worked on this. And, and the next day, i go to class, and, and the teacher asks, you know, how did you do with the problems? And I said, well, it would be nice if I knew what the answer was supposed to be so that I know if I actually got it. And the teacher said, well, why don't you just go to the back of the book and look at the answer guide. The answers are in the book? (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) That would have made life a lot easier. And it was the answers. It didn't show you how to work it out, but at least when you worked it out, you could go and see if you were right or not, rather than just struggling and trying to figure out, well, I might be right. I, I might not. And when we look at this passage, we have, a bunch of sailors here, these mariners, and, and they're searching for an answer and there's a guy there that actually has the answer but these mariners, they're looking for an answer they're not finding it and the one guy who could help them out, make life a lot easier for them, he's not talking Jonah's not saying anything he's the one who knows the sovereign God and The Sovereign God, we must call out to the Sovereign God, and that's what Jonah is not doing here. He's not providing any help. We see, uh, we as I mentioned, uh, Jonah, he's running from the Lord, trying to flee from His presence. He goes uh, instead of going to Nineveh, he goes and gets on this boat so that he can get away as far as he can. And and the Lord responds by hurling this great wind on the sea and mighty tempest. That's how my translation reads, and, and actually, those two words, great and mighty, it's the same Hebrew word, and, and I know translators, they don't like to be redundant, they don't want to say the great wind and the great tempest, but I, I somewhat like the redundancy of it, because it shows that this is a this is a great wind, this is a, a mighty, great storm that's happening here, and, and Jonah's finding out something. Uh, finding out something that Moses had uh, talked about back in Numbers chapter thirty-two, and and at that point Moses was talking with a, a couple of tribes. Actually, there's two and a half tribes. Uh, this was before they were going into the Promised Land, and and these two and a half tribes said, uh, you know, we want to stay here. We don't want to go into the Promised Land, but we like the land here. And and Moses told them, but. We got to fight for that land and you gotta go in and fight with us. And they said, We'll do that. We'll go in and fight with you, and then we'll come back to this land. And and Moses says, Well, that's okay. But then he adds this: he said, But if you will not you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure that your sin will find you out. And that's what Jonah's learning here. Be sure that your sin will find you out. Now we do have to be careful here. There are storms in life, if I can keep using that metaphor, but but that doesn't always mean there's a particular sin. That's kind of what the book of Job is about, where his worthless, uh, miserable friends would tell him, Job, you've committed this sin, and you've got to repent, and that's why this stuff is happening, and and that wasn't the case with Job. Uh, sometimes we just live in a fallen world, and we have to recognize that, but there is it is very clear in Scripture that that sin does bring difficulty, not always to the effect that uh, we have with Job here, not this quickly and this mightily, but but sin does find us out, and Job is finding that truth out in a major way, and there's this great wind and this great tempest on the sea, and and the the ship, and my translation says the ship threatened to break up uh, there's there's a big word that's kind of fun to say prosopopia prosopopia and i know there's some of you right now that want to say it out loud and that's okay prosopopia told you it was fun uh, it, it's it's a, a kind of a fun word to say but the concept isn't always the greatest uh, sometimes it can be positive but most of it the time we think of it in the negative the prosopopia is giving an inanimate object a human-like trait. Sometimes we'll say it this way, this thing has a mind of its own, you know, when you're trying to fix something. Uh, Also, uh, sometimes if if you're just, you're going to be maybe right on time, and you're trying to get to where you're going, and, and you think, if all goes well, I'll get there right on time, but every stoplight turns red, And then you think, you know, these stoplights, they've conspired against me. They are working against me. I know they are. They see me coming and they turn red. Or if you've ever played basketball with me in the parking lot, and I'll bemoan the fact that this ball refuses to go in the hoop. I'm doing everything right, but this ball hates me. Why does it hate me? Prosopopeia. And that's kind of what is in the Hebrew is, is the, the author is using here, this idea of the ship when it says threaten to break up. He's giving it this idea of, of the human ability to think. This ship is thinking, I'm out, guys. I'm going to break up. I know I was built to be on the water, but I wasn't built for this. I'm breaking up. You guys are on your own. That's the thought as it's written uh, in the Hebrew. And, and in verse 5, we can see the mariners are terrified. They're afraid. They're thinking, this ship doesn't even want to be out here. And these are seasoned uh, sailors. They know what to do, but this is a storm unlike anything they've ever seen. And they're afraid, and they're each, and it says each, crying out to, to his God, and as that's written in the in the Hebrew, they cried out each one. It, it's very specific. Every individual guy there is calling out to some god. They're crying out, trying to do something. And and there are in verse five, there are actually six uh, independent clauses. There's three attached to the mariners or the sailors, and three attached to Jonah. And when you notice them, you really see this contrast between the two. The mariners, the the independent clauses are this. They were afraid. They're crying out to their gods. And they're they're hurling the cargo uh, into the sea. The three attached to Jonah, he goes down to the inner part of the ship. He lays down. And he's fast asleep. Uh, You you can see the activity of the mariners as opposed to the inactivity of Jonah here. Jonah's going down. Uh, Meanwhile, the the sailors are throwing the cargo uh, into the sea, trying to lighten their load. And that cargo, take that in a general sense, basically anything that's not uh, helping them, they're throwing overboard. If it's not needed, they're tossing it. Jonah, he had gone down. And, and actually, that's, it's a decent translation, but it kind of misses what's really happening at the time. And it's, it's a hard way, it's hard to state exactly what's going on. The NET Bible will translate what Jonah's doing. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down. They, they, they throw in that word meanwhile because there's a, a simultaneousness happening here. As the sailors are calling out to their gods and throwing stuff, Jonah is going down. It's not as though he had fallen asleep before the storm came, but he's doing this almost in response to the storm. Actually, he is doing this in response to the storm. They're doing things, and meanwhile, Jonah is going down to the bottom of the ship and laying down, and he's fast asleep showing this extreme inactivity while the rest of them are doing whatever they can to save each other. It reminds us a little bit of another storm on a sea where Jesus was with his disciples. And that one was a little bit different because Jesus told his disciples, let's go to the other side here. And, and Jesus lay down and went to sleep. And then the storm came and the disciples were all terrified. And they woke him up and they said, look what's happening. We've got this big storm. And Jesus calms the storm. And they end up by saying, what well, who is this guy? Who is this guy that he can just tell the storm to stop? And it does. And the waves are down. Who is this guy? Well, he's God. He's God incarnate. He can calm the storms. And, and here Jonah is a prophet. Of Israel, he knows the sovereign God. He's the only one on the ship who knows the sovereign God, and he's not doing anything because remember, from verse three, he's trying to flee from the presence of the Lord, and he goes into this deep sleep. And this uh, this term for deep sleep is uh, somewhat of a rare word, and and. Uh, what it means is an extremely deep sleep. Sometimes uh, we'll see it like in Daniel, where God will put Daniel in this, they use this word for deep sleep uh, to give him a vision. Uh, And it's also used sometimes, uh, this deep sleep, of when someone's this close to death. And that's kind of the image. It's an intentional word that Jonah is saying, I'm this close to death. And you know what? I'd rather go down with this ship Go to Nineveh. So here I am, and I'll just sleep this out. And remember, he's the Jewish prophet. He's the one who should know. The rest of these guys are all pagans. So Jonah's in his deep sleep, and the captain comes to him, we see in verse 6, and says, What do you mean, you sleeper? Uh, Literally, that reads, uh, what to you, sleeping? Um, And we could take this a couple of ways, and it's probably both things happening here. The captain is either surprised that Jonah is able to sleep through this ruckus going on. There's a big storm, and guys are calling out and throwing things, and you can sleep through this, Jonah? And the other part of that is this indignation that, Jonah, you're choosing to sleep through this? A life threatening situation going on. You're sleeping through this. Everybody's doing something, Jonah. Everybody. They're all crying out. They're all throwing things overboard. Everyone's doing something except you. Come on, Jonah. What are you doing, you sleeper? Arise, call out, the captain says. Arise, call out to your God. And those words, as soon as he spoke them, must have stung in Jonah's ears because he had heard God tell him the same thing back in verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, call out against it. He hears these words again. Arise, call out. Call out. You know, there's also in the New Testament... Uh, another storm and another uh, ship that's in peril and it's in Acts 27 and and in this one it's Paul and, and Luke is with him recording this but Paul is going to Rome or at least he's on his way there and, and he's doing so because of his obedience to God there's, there's a few differences there and, and in that one the same thing happens this great storm arises and, and the sailors, who, again, are pagans, they're, they're throwing things overboard, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to save each other. And, and Paul, who has been praying to God and, and is staying faithful to God in this situation, he says, guys, guys, here's what's going on. The ship's going to be destroyed, basically, is what he tells them. But you guys, you've been working really hard. You're not eating. Take some time and eat. Get some strength. Get a little rest here. And I'm going to encourage you, if you listen to what I say, we'll all be saved. The ship's going to be destroyed, but you will be saved. Not a man is going to be lost, because that's what God has told him. He said, I have faith in God. And so he encourages them, even though this boat's going to break up, we'll all make it to land. That's what Paul does, as opposed to what we see Jonah doing here. Jonah's saying, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to rise and go to Nineveh. He's giving no thought to the pagans on board. No thought at all. Not any encouragement, not any help. No obedience to God. No compassion to those around him. He said, I don't want to do this. So I'm not doing anything. He's been told, to Arise, call out. And then the captain says this, Perhaps, perhaps the God will give a thought to us. Perhaps if you cry out to your God, he'll give a thought to us. The captain, as we can see, is showing more faith in Jonah's God than Jonah is showing here. He's telling him, Jonah, you got to at least try. Do something with us here. And notice the plural the captain uses. It will give a thought to us that we may not perish. Kind of his way of saying, Jonah, look, we're all in the same boat here. And you may be selfish, and you may be heartless, but maybe your God isn't. You may be lazy, but maybe your God will do something. Call out to him, Jonah. Use your faith for something good. Call out to your Maybe he'll be God. And if you have your Bibles open and you're looking at chapter 1, notice if you just keep glancing down through chapter 1, notice what you never see Jonah do that he's been told to do. He never really calls out to God. In in verse 9, he mentions, I fear the Lord. He won't do that until he's in the belly of the fish. I think it's it's fitting, I mentioned in verse 5 that they were hurling the cargo into the sea, and basically that cargo is anything that's not being useful, when well, you jump ahead and see verse 15, notice that they hurl Jonah into the sea, reluctantly, they try everything else they can think of first. But at Jonah's insistence, actually, they end up throwing Jonah into the water, and I think that's fitting. Because at this point, he's pretty useless to them. In fact, he's the cause of their problem. And he's useless because he's not calling out to God. He's not calling out to God. And they have to throw him overboard. You know, one thing we've learned in the last couple of years, especially the last year and a half, uh, when we look around the world, um, we're all in the same boat, and this world is a storm. I mean, there is a lot going on when we look around. We've, We've had this global pandemic that has killed millions of people. You can see around the world there's economies Faltering and and a lot of it has to do with the pandemic. We have refugees all over the world, orphans and widows seeking shelter and safety and food, something. There's civil unrest pretty much everywhere you go, an assassination this past week. One of the leaders of a country. Demonstrations. All kinds of unrest military action. We see boats being intercepted and airplanes being intercepted by different countries. It's, it's, a, it's, it's deadly weather. We've seen that in this country and around the world. This world is a storm. And there's a lot of people calling out to false gods right now. And the question that sometimes, and in fact quite often, gets asked of Christians, and it's a, the a question that gets asked Do you even care? That's basically what the captain is saying. Do you even care? Do you care what's going on? Or are you just going to sleep this one out? And it's no wonder that so many people, they will look at how Christians act in the midst of these storms and decide, you know what, let's just throw it overboard. Because it doesn't seem like they're doing it doesn't seem like they care. So let's just throw this overboard. You know, our message is uh, somewhat, well, a lot more like Paul's message. And to some people it sounds very pessimistic, but Paul's message to this, look, guys, this thing is going down. This world's going down. This ship is going down. We can't stop that, but, but despite this whole thing falling apart... I know the God who saves people. I know the God who saves souls. I know the God of eternal life. As opposed to this captain here when he's asking, you know, call it to your God. Perhaps he'll give a thought to us that we may not perish. And our message is that of Paul's. Yeah, I know that God. The God of eternal life. Let me help you so that you can see that God. Because he's the God of forgiveness. He's the God who died for your sins. He is the God who is sovereign over all, and he is the God who will save. As opposed to the message we see that Jonah gives, which is basically this. Well, this doesn't look good. Let them try to figure this out in vain. I'm just going to sleep it out. What do I care? It's going down anyway. The storms can see can seem overwhelming. And it, it seems like sometimes the safest thing to do is be like, Jonah. Let's just get away from this. But here's the thing. We are the ones who know the God of salvation. While they're all crying out to false gods, we are the one. We are the ones who have the answer. But where do we start? You know, how how do we uh, try to stay uh, true to the command that God gives us to love God with our whole heart and to love our neighbor as ourself? A lot of storms. Where do we start? Well, we start with what this pagan captain tells Jonah. Call out to God. Call out to God. Because he is a God of mercy. And he is a God of eternal life. It's so easy to neglect this one thing. Call out to God. But it's vital that we remember to do this each and every day. So that we can be effective. So that we can love God and love our neighbors. Call out to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this reminder that we need to call out each and every day. There are storms in this world, storms in our personal lives. But Lord, we know you are sovereign. Help us to open our mouths, keep your truth hidden in the belly of some boat. But that we can be effective in this world in showing your love, in showing your mercy, in speaking your truth that others may be saved. Lord, we do ask that you motivate us and that you bless our best efforts to give you glory. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ.